Good, good morning, morning, Buffalo. Welcome to Catching Up with the Clerk on the legendary WFO. I am your host and Erie County Clerk, Michael Mickey Kearns. Uh, my previous co-host, uh, Kerry Saunders, had a great guest in today talking about public education, CPR, and the importance of making sure that our kids know um, basic uh, skill sets that you never know uh, when you're going to be in a situation. We all know uh, what happened on Monday night, and uh, unfortunately that was a horrific, horrific accident. But, you know, the light has shined through in the storm. Uh, God is good, and DeMar is uh, looking good. He FaceTimed um, the, the Buffalo Bills. So, uh, once again, just so much tragedy this year going into 2023. But God is good. I, I believe in God, and I believe that we're going to be okay. So, Happy New Year. I'm grateful to be back with you in 2023. <clears throat> Excuse me. And moving forward, every Saturday from 1130 to noon to discuss the ins and outs of the Erie County Clerk's Office and how we can help you get your business done. As, as I always say, in 2022, in 2021, in 2020, we are the business office of Erie County. So get your pad and pen ready. Uh, we're gearing up for a very important year. Um, and as always, we have county clerk pens and sticky notepads available at the legendary mix 1080 WFO located at 143 Broadway. So get yours and they're always prepared. Uh, we have a lot of things going on at the county clerk's office, but one of the most important things that we're working on, uh, and I know it's really important, is transportation. So you'll hear a lot about housing, and as you say, uh, you know, if you are behind on your loan, stay in your home. But also, uh, one of the things that goes with housing uh, is transportation. And we have been working with the West New York Law Center, Columbia Law School. And I wanted to bring a guest in today uh, from the West New York Law Center. She's not a, a stranger to many of you. Um, we normally come in and discuss vacant and abandoned properties or the importance of staying in your home. Uh, but today we're going to be discussing the launch of Rate Your Ride WNY survey in collaboration once again with Columbia Law School and our community partner, the West New York Law Center. Kate, uh, happy 2023, happy new year. And once again, Kate Lockhart from the West New York Law Center. Thank you so much <coughs> for having me today. It's great. Um, what a beautiful day out. There's not a lot of snow. Uh, we had a really difficult week. And Kate, I, I want to get right to it. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, foreclosures at the end of the show. But as you know, um, we are the second poorest city for a city of our size in Buffalo. And people think about poverty. They think about urban poverty. But sometimes they don't think about rural poverty. Uh, we think about transportation. And we think about, well, everyone has access to a vehicle. Uh, but these are changing times uh, with our economy, uh, with COVID-19, with inflation. Uh, we're seeing a lot of changes. I know I'm seeing them at the Auto Bureau at the Erie County Clerk's Office. Um, let's get right to why this survey is so important and why we are partnering together and why we want to get this information out to the community. 
Absolutely. So I would start by saying that, you know, access to transportation, to safe, reliable, um, effective transportation impacts every aspect of someone's life. It impacts their ability to pick up food from the grocery store, to get to medical appointments, to get to work on time. Um, and simply not being able to get to work on time, if your bus is consistently late or picks you up late, you could lose your job. You're, you could be charged extra for childcare if you can't get to your kid in time to pick them up. So the impact of not having um, top tier access to, to public transportation can really um, not just make inconveniences for people's lives, but really make them uh, make it more expensive for people to live. It can push them, um, you know, over into falling behind on other bills if it's costing them more money. So it really impacts every aspect of their lives. And so what we want to do with this survey is hear from the public. You want to know what your uh, experience is like riding um, public transportation in Buffalo and Western New York, whether you currently ride public transportation, whether you've ridden it in the past, um, we want to hear from you. We have different versions of the survey um, to get feedback to know what is working and what isn't working so we can have a public discourse about how to make it better for everybody long term. You know, Kate, when I became Erie County Clerk, uh, when you think about the DMV, people dread it going to the DMV. But one of the things I did, and I knew it would be painful, but you have to be honest with yourself, is we put surveys out at the auto bureaus and the DMVs. And I think our, our employees were, for a short time, a short period, a little bit apprehensive because they thought, oh, here we go. All it's going to be is complaints about uh, how long the lines were when I first became clerk, uh, how maybe possibly they didn't get proper service. But then when we worked together as a team, when we identified the problem and the solutions, and we really corrected uh, many of those things, those systemic problems over the years, now um, people don't wait long. We have an appointment system. Um, those surveys... We're getting excellent feedback from the public, positive. People coming in five or 10 minutes. The staff has adopted uh, uh, the survey system in a positive way, and the public has too. And we've given the public a voice. The reason why I bring that up is, um, you know, we want to identify issues of concern to the local public transportation users. Uh, we want to educate them. We want to contain their input. But it doesn't necessarily <clears throat> have to be negative. Uh, if someone has a positive comment about their public transportation, we're okay with that. That's a positive thing. This is your input. This is your survey. And that's the reason why I'm saying that is sometimes when you ask for information, it doesn't always have to be negative feedback, you may get some positive feedback. And just, um, and I want you to comment that we have been getting some positive feedback uh, from uh, the surveys and from the input so far. We have, um, you know, it's, it's a mixed bag, what people say is working for them and what isn't. So we're collecting different uh, demographic information as well. So we can look at maybe positive experiences are happening in certain areas and not other areas. Um, and really, we really want to look at the full picture, like the clerk was saying. If we have, um, if we have people who are 
having great experiences, we want to know about that. What is working for public transit and what do you think could be improved? And something simple, you know, it doesn't even have to be life altering. I know I mentioned this to you before, Clerk. We had somebody come up to us at the Meriwether Library and say, oh, yeah, I'll fill out your survey. Um, and he mentioned my daughter, she t she takes public transit to work, um, but her bus stop, there's no light. And so she doesn't feel safe waiting right. for the bus. So just simple things like that could really um, be important and have an impact on your quality of life if you're a public transit rider. Well, Kate, you and I know, um, and I know I'm here with my producer, Michael Cicchini. <clears throat> One of the things, uh, you know, I have some events after this today. And once again, I want to give a little shout out uh, to the Alavencia Center, who will be hosting the Three Kings celebration. Um, once again, Pucho Alavencia uh, and his team. Um, you know, Cheeto, I know if you're listening uh, from Puerto Rico, uh, I hope you're doing well. Uh, but the one thing that I, I, I see, and we talked a little bit about it the other day, we had a, a, a group meeting uh, regarding this, uh, because the Erie County Clerk's Office, uh, we formed a public transportation task force uh, to continue this dialogue and working with the West New York Law Center. We talked about the storm, the most recent storm, and one of the things that I think, uh, as we're talking about these new initiatives that are coming forward, discussion, dialogue, how we can do better, uh, what, are, what worked, what didn't work. But the one thing I think we have to add into that equation is public transportation. Um, there were people that were standing in the street. Uh, that's dangerous, especially in whiteouts. Uh, we know our disability community. Um, just even if you didn't have a disability, um, I know Stephanie Speaker is working at the Red Cross today. Stephanie, um, you know, keep up the good work on volunteering. But she told me, I mean, people were trapped in their homes. Well, for the disability community, um, it's a blizzard every day for some of them. Yeah, if you don't have access to safe, reliable public transit, you can feel trapped. Um, it makes it difficult to do things that might be very easy if you have access to a vehicle, um, especially your own vehicle. So the importance of having transit that works for the people who ride it cannot be overstated. You know, it's so it, it's ironic. It's not funny, but it's, uh, I ran into uh, a former colleague who was uh, worked at one of the major uh, major uh, disability community organizations, not for profit. He's since retired. I used to work with him when I was in Albany, and uh, the first thing he said to me, and he was we were talking about what we're doing and some of the things we 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 were trying to accomplish. But the first thing he said to me is. And this wasn't even prompted. He said, Mickey, don't forget how many people don't have access to jobs that in the disability community, very high uh, unemployment rate, not because they're not qualified, it's because they can't get to work. They, they don't have a way to and from work. And as you said, I think the word was reliable. I told him, I said, Go to rateyourridewny.com, which is amazing. And he's a brilliant man. And I said, can you please comment? And as you said, there's a short version and a long version. And he said, I'm going to go do that. Uh, so I think once the word gets out there about uh, the opportunity for people to weigh in independently, um, once again, outside of uh, anyone knowing if you want to be anonymous, you can be anonymous. But Kate, uh, we have to do this. 
And I think with everything else going on, uh, some of the systemic um, obstacles that people are facing, not only in the disability community, but in the brown community, in the African-American community, Hispanic community, in the rural communities, in the immigrant communities, I mean, we got to address it. We absolutely do, and that's why um, one of the optional features in our um, survey is demographic information. So you can give us information about your demographics, your zip code, so we can look at what are those systemic issues, how how are different communities um, having different issues with public transit, um, and, and what ways can we help make it better. Like you mentioned, we have sort of two sections to the survey. One section is a rating system that is, um, it's a shorter portion where you just rate different experiences. And then the other portion is more of a, is more of a, um, more of a uh, story portion. So you can tell us your experiences. So like you mentioned earlier, not only do we want to hear from you about what you've experienced, but what ways do you think that public transit could be better? Because honestly, it's always the people that are experiencing these things that have a lot of the solutions to these problems. And you know, there are some kind people that work at the uh, NFTA. Uh, we work with them, um, and as Mike Cicchini knows, my producer, uh, he is the former Auto Bureau Chief, uh, my Chief Communication Director now, uh, but we coordinate with the NFTA to give people the opportunity uh, you know, to uh, become uh, bus drivers, men and women. Uh, it's important to me because now there are jobs looking for people instead of people looking for jobs. So, you know, they have to take that test. We're continually working hard. I know the new board president was just here. Uh, I conveyed to them that the clerk's office will continue to work hard on uh, public transportation to make sure that. Uh, all of the transportation uh, agencies that support our young children that are going to public schools, I open up my doors. I'll open up my doors on Sunday. We will do whatever we have to do. Whatever hours, I'll open up 24 hours. We have to fill these positions. So we've got some great people that really have taken this on, this, this mission of serving the public uh, as public servants. However, um, they don't make all their decisions. Sometimes it comes up from the top down. But as you know, Kate, working with me, I like to listen from the bottom up. And we need your opinion. I don't want you to say nothing can change, everything can change if you just take the time, but you gotta, you gotta participate and we gotta hear from you. Absolutely. Also, like I mentioned earlier, if you're not riding public transit, we also wanna know your experience or why you're not riding public transit. I'll give an anecdotal story. Um, my husband, his job before COVID, um, it was a seven minute drive from our house. And we were looking at maybe downsizing to one car when we had an issue with the second mm -hmm. car. And so he looked at public transit to see how long it would take to take the bus. Again, a seven minute drive from our house. It was going to take over an hour each way. For and you him have to two children. That, that would that would be tough. Exactly. Those minutes are tough. Exactly. And that's and that's so I told him, I said, fill out our survey. Give your experience right. of why you chose not to ride public transit because you don't have that hour, that extra hour every day, two hours when you look both ways, you know. That's an extra two hours of daycare. Right. Two hours of daycare, two hours of just 
being able to deal with whatever you need to in your house, you know, be with your family, those kinds of things. See, you are a nice wife, so he wants to stay with you more. Some wives would want to send, you know, I don't know about Mike. I mean, I don't want to talk to your wife, Mike, but some of the wives would want to send their uh, their husbands on public transportation for a couple hours. But I'm just kidding. Uh, you got a kid. You got to laugh at life. You know, one of the things, you know, since we're sharing stories, um, this is a secondhand story that I heard from uh, someone in our disability community, uh, but they were um, out and recently, um, she was out at a bowling league, and one of her uh, colleagues, she's an advocate, uh, that person lost their job because they didn't have public transportation. So he just couldn't be there on time, and he could do it. And, you know, it, I, you know I need to hear from these people because if people are losing their job over public transportation, or think about this, and transportation you know we're going to touch on housing at the end but i know you'll be back we have uh people making policy decisions and you know um, working with uh mayor brown and his team when i was on the buffalo common council um, you know they had the green code and many of the council members uh from council member former council member fontana former council member columbic former council uh, president franzak myself former council member lacurto uh, but we push and advocated for a, a smart code, green code, and working with Mayor Brown and his team, uh, we were able to do that. Well, why is that important? Because it was important because, um, you know, planning, the way we had some unbelievable planners. When you think about who planned Buffalo, Joseph Ellicott, uh, you know, people used to live in walkable neighborhoods uh, where they can walk to work. Well, you know, Today, you know, for some of the jobs, when we're making uh, decisions where some of those jobs are in the deep suburbs, it takes an hour to get there one way. And we've heard stories of people in the disability community sleeping in bathrooms overnight because they didn't want to miss their job the next day. This is unacceptable. And, you know, I think when the light is shined upon this, you know, that, you know, we have to do something about it. And I think it's important because the clerk's office is the office that deals with transportation. Uh, we license uh, vehicles. And we're going to talk a little bit about, uh, I've got a couple different public comments that I want to make at the end. But Kate, uh, this is so important. So if you don't have access to housing and you don't have access to transportation, what do you do? Yeah, I mean, it's like I mentioned before, public transit, your access to transit impacts every area of your life. Even if it's simply that you get charged a late fee every time you show up late for a doctor's appointment, you know, that money adds up. It could be something you weren't budgeting for and it could impact your ability to pay other things. It could impact your credit then and your ability to be a homeowner long term or other. It, it can very easily snowball. So it's very, very important that we look at um, and have a serious conversation about how public transit is working for the people who need to utilize it. Whether you're currently utilizing it, whether you want to utilize it, whether you've used it in the past and you're not now, we wanna hear from everybody. Um, we wanna hear from people in the city, in the suburbs, in uh, rural areas, because really public transit is um, 
is paid for with public dollars. I it is a benefit to the public and it should be working for the public that needs to use it. If we think about where our tax dollars goes, uh, public dollars, and you think about you know, the ADA uh, going back to 1990, um, and there was a standard, and I know Stephanie Speaker, she's listening, um, and she always would say, you know, that standard is, is not to where the standard word should be today. We, we're partnering with Todd Verwick. We're the chief policy officer for West New York Independent Living, Inc. Uh, he's a great advocate in his team and many different not-for-profits in the disability community. And uh, even, uh, you know, I know uh, I was formerly on the board of Cradle Beach. Um, and I still have a, an advisory role uh, for Cradle Beach. But one of the biggest impediments and obstacles, they want kids to come out there. In many instances, they can come for free for a week or two to get away from the city in a camp setting to learn, but they don't have access to the facilities. So how do we get people out there? If their parents don't have access to jobs, it even uh, dribbles down to the kids where they don't have access to important things, where they can grow and meet other kids uh, from the suburbs, from rural, uh, and from the city, and they're from the neighborhood. So uh, white, black, Hispanic. I mean, this is how people come together because they learn from other people. They are introduced to other people. I know when I was growing up, it was sports that did that for me. I made many great friends from sports. So uh, this is, um, when you get down to the layers, uh, this is a really important survey. Well, talk about not having access to important things. If your um, adult in your life is taking public transit and has to spend an extra You're two right. hours a day waiting for a bus that comes to pick them up after their shift is over, you know, the, the children in that life don't have access to that adult. Um, which, you know, kids need to be around their adults so they can um, have develop relationships and and that can be impacted as well by having uh, public transit that doesn't meet the needs of the riders. So I'm just going to, because we still, I just want to give you a couple minutes, Kate. Um, you know, Senator Kennedy recently awarded the NFTA a 750000 grant study. So uh, I know the senator is working hard on that. He's always accessible on his team. Thank you. Um, we want people to visit RateYourRideWNY.com and make your voice heard. You know, maybe, uh, Kate, I just have to do a couple public service announcements um, uh, quickly on the Auto Bureau. But in a minute, can we give uh, the public an update on what's going on? Uh, with the foreclosures, maybe some contact information if someone is facing a foreclosure or maybe they made it through last year or they have concerns, financial concerns. Uh, can you give them some information? Sure. So we run um, at the Law Center in collaboration with Belmont Housing and other partners in the, in the clerk's office. We run the Stay in Your Home campaign. Um, and you can reach us at 716 716- 828-8429. That's if you're falling behind or have fallen behind on your mortgage and you've received some sort of notification. The other thing that I will mention is that the city of Buffalo is planning on having its first tax auction this year since 2019. Um, so this is the first post-COVID tax foreclosure auction. And so we expect to see um, a lot of people that may be struggling to get current, um, please reach out to us if you're behind uh, and we can um, see what programs are available for you, see ways we can help. 
um, to keep you in your home wherever possible. So again, that number is 828-8429. Thank you, Kate. And I know you'll be here for the next minute or so. Uh, one of the things I wanted to bring up is uh, you know, something that we work with the uh, Western York Law Center on is communication. We have to get out in the public, and this year we will be out in the community in full force. Uh, so be safe. But something that has been coming up uh, repeatedly, and we have to talk about, uh, and Mike, I know you and I have worked on this, but we will get out there, is if you do not pay your uh, insurance for your vehicle, you could be suspended. Mm -hmm. And there are consequences to that suspension, meaning loss of license, uh, hefty fine. Uh, the first time you are behind and you do not pay your insurance, you have up to 90 days to pay your insurance. On the 89th day uh, with the fines, it's nearly $900. It breaks my heart when I hear people say, so if you have withdrawals, check your credit card statements to make sure that your payments are being withdrawn. We are gonna be out, at, thank you, Michael, and it's timely uh, because once again, um, these are New York state laws. We are an agent of the state. And even if we can help you uh, that first time uh, and you can pay the fines, once you pay those fines, if it was a mistake, you cannot do that again for three years. So statutorily, it's three years. It's a little prohibitive. So you have to really do that. And it's tough. You're turning in. You talk about, uh, you know, punitive. You're turning in your license plate. You're turning in your license. And you're done. So they're very strict in New York State. So that's one of the things that we're going to be talking about um, in the future. We'll do a whole show on that. But we'll be out in the community. Uh, secondarily, as you know, um, you know, uh, we will uh, have a holiday this Monday, and so we will not be open at Meriwether Library, uh, the Erie County Auto Bureau's mobile unit. Please come out and utilize that facility. It's so important. Even if you do not have a transaction uh, and you want to ask our staff to assist you with a DMV transaction, uh, you can do that. And don't forget, Monday also is Martin Luther King Day. Uh, the six, yeah, next Monday. I apologize. Next Monday, um, but you know Martin Luther King, my my one of my famous famous uh, favorite people. I love Martin Luther King, and um, you know I figured we would uh, end on that quote. Mike, uh, do we have enough time? Yep, we do. We have about a minute left, and. If you think you can't do something on Martin Luther King Day, I am encouraging you and asking you and begging you, please uh, take this survey, uh, maybe call and check in on someone, um, make sure that they are okay. Even though we do not have snow on the ground, there are still snow mounds, there are people that still need your help. Uh, so please, please, please give them that. And I'm gonna leave you with this. As Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said, we are faced with the fact that tomorrow is today, and my favorite line, procrastination is still the thief of time. Over the bleached bones and jumbled residues of numerous civilizations are written the pathetic words, too late. Don't be late, participate. Call that person, tell them you love them, tell them that you need them, tell them that you miss them, call your mom, call your dad, call your brother, call your sister. So once again, uh, thank you, thank you, make it a great week. You've been listening to Catching Up with the Clerk on the legendary WFO 1080.
Power uh, 96.5. Continued blessings to all. Be good to each other. Pray for tomorrow. Go Bills and drive safe, Buffalo. Thanks for joining us this week on Catching Up with the Clerk again. I'm Michael Mickey Kearns, your Erie County Clerk and host. Make sure that you visit the County Clerk's website at erie.gov clerk. It's filled with information on all the services we provide to the residents of Erie County, including making an online reservation for your next auto bureau appointment and the keys to prepare you for a successful visit. We want you to be ready so we can help you get your business done. Look for us at Facebook at Erie County Clerk Mickey Kearns and all of your social media platforms, including Twitter and Instagram for updates. Email my office at Erie County Clerk Office at Erie.gov or call me directly at 858-6985. Drive safe and stay well, Buffalo. Five, four, three, two, three. Serving Orchard Park, Lackawanna.